So then how does the resurrection of the dead fit into all of this? And why is it so key? Because Jesus Christ is a resurrection and the life. And since there is a resurrection, then what happens after is what should matter most to us. This life and everything in it is passing. This life will end. But the resurrection through Jesus Christ is what makes eternal life possible for us. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today's message is about defending our faith. There will be times that those that follow the Lord Jesus Christ will need to defend their faith in front of others. But the only way to defend our faith in the Lord is precisely by living it out daily, by doing those things that true faith produces. True faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is not just about saying that we believe, it's about doing those things that represent His kingdom on earth with the right intent in our heart that God's true will be fulfilled in us. The only way we can talk about our faith to others is by living it. Today's message is inspired on Acts chapter 24. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your mercy, for your grace, O Lord, for all the things that you do. Heavenly Father, we owe you so much. Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you please forgive our sins. Forgive my sins, Lord God. Heavenly Father, always remember us in your mercy and in your grace, O Lord. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to understand that we need to live a true faith before you, that we need to look to do your will, Lord God, to do those things that please you, Heavenly Father. Lord God, help us to defend our faith through our actions, through the way that we live out our life. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise, O Lord, for you, are, you alone are worthy. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage is in Acts chapter 24. This is the word of the Lord. Now after five days, Ananias the high priest came down with the elders and a certain orator named Tertullus. These gave evidence to the governor against Paul. And when he was called upon, Tertullus began his accusation saying, Seeing that through you we enjoy great peace and prosperity is being brought to this nation by your foresight, we accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Nevertheless, not to be tedious to you any further, I beg you to hear by your courtesy a few words from us. For we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, and we seized him and wanted to judge him according to our law. But the commander Lysias came by and with great violence took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come to you. By examining him yourself, you may ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, maintaining that these things were so. Then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered, Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because you may ascertain that it is more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. 
And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone nor inciting the crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Now after many years, I came to bring alms and offerings to my nation, in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with tumult. They ought to have been here before you to object if they had anything against me, or else let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council. Unless it is for this one statement which I cried out, standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day. But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, When Lysias the commander comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or visit him. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have convenient time, I will call for you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two years, Portius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix wanted to do the Jews a favor, left Paul bound. The main problem that these so-called religious Jews had with Paul was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what Paul refers to when he says that he was being judged concerning the resurrection of the dead. The Lord Jesus Christ brought about the gospel of salvation through his person, which consists of the resurrection of the dead. And what is this gospel of salvation? That the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, came to die for our sins so that God through him could provide a way to salvation, so that mankind could have access to the Father and to eternal life, that through his person, we, those that follow the Lord, could be made ready for that day where all of the dead will be resurrected, some for eternal condemnation and us for eternal life, a day that is referred to as the final judgment. The prophet Daniel had this to say about it in Daniel chapter 12. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. There is a final judgment where we will all give an account. Every single person will stand before God's judgment. For it is also written in the book of Revelations. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and Hades and death delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, 
each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This was the problem that the religious Jews had with Paul. They simply did not like the idea that they would be held accountable for not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. They could not accept him as the only begotten son of God. And of course, they hated what the Lord preached about. They preferred to try to find their own way to God. And they foolishly thought that following a bunch of rules and being children of Abraham would justify them before God. But that was never the case. Man could never be justified on their own. If they were truly children of Abraham, they would have understood that true faith is the key to salvation. It always was, is, and shall be until the day of judgment. The Lord Jesus Christ confronted them with the same fact. We read this, for instance, in the Gospel of John, where the whole problem with the Lord originated from with these so-called religious people, where it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So you see, even though these religious people considered themselves children of Abraham, they were truly not. If they were, they would have acknowledged and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as exactly who he is, like Abraham did. This is the very thing that doesn't just keep the religious Jews away from salvation, but also everyone who has the same problem. There is an exactitude in the gospel and the person of Jesus Christ that must be acknowledged, accepted, and made real within a person so that salvation can occur. Jesus Christ must be accepted as Lord. For it is written, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So accepting Jesus as Lord is a requirement for salvation. He can't be seen as just a, a good man or a prophet or a teacher or a scientist or just as a savior or anything else. He must be seen as the Lord God he is. If he is acknowledged as anything else, then a certain reality is not being acknowledged. He is the one that we must love with everything we are. Why? Because he was and is the Lord God in the Old Testament. Jesus has always been. For it says in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Jesus is the word. The word is God. He is the I am that spoke with Moses. He is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He is the I am who I am. He is part of the plural God of the Old Testament, the one that said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The Apostle John explained this also, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. This is the clearest verse in the entire Bible where it, it explains the Holy Trinity and that Jesus is God. And this is why if we want to be saved, we must fulfill the law, the first commandment, just as it is written. In Deuteronomy chapter six, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And this is why the Apostle Paul also wrote this in 1 Corinthians. If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. So then how does the resurrection of the dead fit into all of this? And why is it so key? Because Jesus Christ is a resurrection and the life. And since there is a resurrection, then what happens after is what should matter most to us. This life and everything in it is passing. This life will end. But the resurrection through Jesus Christ is what makes eternal life possible for us. If he raises us from the dead, then we will live forever. So what is this for? What is this place about? This is a place for decision, this world, nothing more and nothing less. The Bible refers to this life as the valley of decision and the decision is simple. Choose to love the Lord with everything we are or not, that's the choice. And our actions paired with the intentions of our heart will determine for God whether we did or not truthfully and genuinely love the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Every single person will give an account for what they did here and now. We will be judged, every single one of us, without exception. This is why the Apostle Paul counseled us in this manner. Therefore, we make it our aim, 
whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Notice that it says, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Some believers think that our judgment will be just to determine our rewards, but that is not the case. The final judgment is to see the good and bad we have done. True faith in Christ Jesus needs to have a product, a fruit. Works are the product of true faith. If the intent of our heart is true in the Lord, then we will render good fruit. This is the fruit of the Spirit that the Word of God talks about, the fruits by which we should be known, where it says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Our intent and action are clear indicators for God whether he will allow us to enter his kingdom or not. When we stand before the mighty and eternal throne of God at the final judgment, will God see that we did his will while here on earth? Will Jesus Christ confess us before his Father because we got our heart's intention and our actions right before him? This is why this whole notion that it doesn't matter what we do anymore because we're not saved by works is false. Good works is what God will use to judge us to see if we truly believed or not. We are saved by faith, but for good works, or else our faith is dead. This is what the word of God says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so it should be very clear that what we do matters to God. Our actions are of supreme importance to the Lord. We are saved by faith through his grace, through the Lord Jesus Christ, but so we can do good works, so we can walk in them. That's his purpose for us. This is the reason for our existence. So what is our faith that we should defend? Well, if we go back to what Paul was talking about with Felix and his wife, Drusilla, concerning the faith in Christ, he was reasoning about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. These are things that have to do with living life a certain way because it will all matter when we are judged in the end. For it is written, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So what is the faith that we should be defending? God calls for all men to repent and convert from all their sins and to believe and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives so that they can return to the very reason God made man in the first place, to do his will on earth, knowing that in time, every single person will give an account for what they did here and now. The Lord himself presented this that is written in the Gospel of Matthew, which gives us clear indication of a coming judgment, where it says, 
When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And so there is a coming judgment where God himself will judge whether we did his will or not on earth as a result of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we did his will, we will be found righteous before God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But if not, even though a person professes to have faith in Christ, if a person did not do the Father's will, their future is everlasting punishment. True faith should produce God's will in a person's life, which in turn renders good works. This is the faith we should defend. As followers of Jesus Christ, we may find ourselves at moments where we may need to defend our faith like Paul did. The Lord did tell us that these moments could happen in all of those that choose to follow Him. And in those times, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit, but knowing that more than likely, He will guide us to talk about repentance and conversion, about the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and about the coming judgment. But how can a person talk about these things if they themselves are not living them, if they are not living in constant repentance and conversion, if they are not subjecting themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ so they can effectively do the Father's will, and if they are not constantly thinking that they will give an account someday for their actions? It's not possible. Paul was able to witness and testify effectively because his life was all about these things. He lived his life completely conscious that he was going to give an account before God for his actions, that his faith needed to have a product. Because if faith doesn't need to have a product, if it doesn't need to present good works, then why strive? And that's the problem that many so-called believers have. 
thinking that all they need to do is just believe and that's it. No good works, no looking for the Father's will. As a matter of fact, they don't look for God's will, but rather they look to God so that God fulfills their will. And that is a path straight to hell. Friends, we need to understand through and through that faith in Christ is about doing God's will on earth, just like the example the Lord Jesus Christ gave us. He endeavored to do the Father's will while in the flesh. And that's why we need to do exactly the same thing. What should that mean for us? We should pray and ask that the Father's will be done in our lives, and that should dictate the course of our existence as a result of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why the Lord died on the cross, so we can effectively live out eternally God's purposes for our lives so that we could have access to his kingdom. So for your own sake, live out a true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so you can present defense for it when the time comes. If we have been truly saved by the Lord, then we need to help others get there also. Through the faith we live out daily. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, help us, O Lord, to understand that true faith is more than just words. But Heavenly Father, that it is a faith that we need to live. And the only way we should live, especially if we have come to know you as Lord, is that we need to do your will on earth. Help us to understand, Lord God, that that's what true faith is about. And help us to understand, Lord God, that the only way that we will genuinely defend the faith we need to for those that need to listen is by living a true faith, by doing those things that please you, by loving you with everything that we are, by giving you first place in our lives. Help us, O Lord, to be able to live a true and genuine faith so that we can someday stand before your throne of grace and mercy and that through Jesus Christ that we may be found worthy, Lord God, because we did those things that are worthy of you. Heavenly Father, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.